This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute, the global public square for the business of space. Join us at interastra.space. It was a fabulously smooth, uneventful launch. Smooth is actually not quite the right word because the first two and a half minutes of a shuttle launch were, they were more like being in an earthquake than anything smooth. A lot of shake, rattle and roll, the very turbulent burning of the solid rockets pushing you off the planet. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at kathysullivanexplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to kathysullivanexplores.com. The Space Shuttle Challenger roared off the launch pad at the Kennedy Space Center in the early morning hours of October 5th, 1984. This time, a spaceship was carrying me off the planet. We'd done dozens of asset simulations, of course, leading up to that actual launch moment, practiced over and over how events would go, leaving the planet and getting to orbit. Except in the NASA training world, of all of those dozens of ascents we did, only two went smoothly. The very first one at the start of our training flow, no, nothing went wrong, no failures happened. It was sort of, okay, here's how your launch will probably go. Take it all in, got it. And the very final one before we went down to the Cape a few days before the actual launch, that one was also smooth, easy, no errors, no faults, no anomalies, as we call them in NASA. And that was sort of the bookend that said, yeah, we've put you through the ringer in all the other simulations that you've done, but probably this is how it will go on October 5th. But all those other simulations in between one or two or three or four things went wrong in the eight and a half minutes between engine ignition and reaching orbit. Some part of the electrical system would fail. One of the engines would have a leak or shut down prematurely. And so on that actual launch day, strapped into my seat on the upper deck, the flight deck of the space shuttle, my eyes were absolutely glued to the instrument panels in front of me, watching keenly for any little flicker, any little jump, any little bobble of an indicator that might suggest, oh no, we're having one of those days again. Happily, it wasn't one of those days. It was a fabulously smooth, uneventful launch. Smooth is actually not quite the right word because the first two and a half minutes of a shuttle launch were, they were more like being in an earthquake than anything smooth. A lot of shake, rattle and roll, the very turbulent burning of the solid rockets pushing you off the planet. The last six and a half minutes or so were a whole lot smoother. The three space shuttle main engines still putting out an awful lot of thrust, but their ride was as smooth as a world's best electric train. 
So it's a pretty shocking and amazing eight and a half minutes, but nothing had gone wrong. And so I finally lift my eyes from the instrument panel and I look over the shoulder of John McBride, who's seated just in front of me. The space shuttle is upside down at this moment with its tail pointing towards the earth. So as I look up past John's shoulder, I'm actually for the first time looking down towards the earth below us. We had started eight and a half minutes earlier, bolted to the ground in Florida, and we were now essentially over England. A spectacular ride, dazzling first glimpse of the earth, so dazzling that I blurted out, wow, look at that, which was the wrong thing to say when we're still in the middle of critical steps and the asset checklist. The next thing that happens is our commander makes the routine radio call back to Houston. It's to let them know that we see a clear, a good, clean cutoff of the main engines. That's what our gauges are showing. And to read out to them the velocity that he shows on his instrument panel. We record and report velocities in feet per second, so it's not going to sound like a normal number to you. Bob Crippen keys his microphone and says, Houston Challenger, good Miko, 25668. Good main engine cutoff, 25,668 feet per second which in normal human being terms is basically 17,500 miles an hour. Unconsciously, we're all expecting to hear our Capcom in Houston come back on the radio with a classic bit of a Texas twang in his voice and say, Roger, we copy, good, Miko, 25668. Not what happens. This very angry British voice suddenly barges onto our radio frequency and comes through our headsets saying, Unknown rider, this frequency, this is Royal Air Force. And we realized in a flash, we are over England. And 90 miles below us, there's some Royal Air Force pilots out on a training mission. They have filed with their airspace authorities to own particular radio frequencies for their exclusive use while they are training. And it happens that the frequency they were using is one of the frequencies that the space shuttle always broadcasts on. No one told us the Royal Air Force was gonna be down there training. And clearly no one told the Royal Air Force to expect the space shuttle to go over top of them. We were all stunned, of course, and quickly laughed out loud. And right away started trying to come up with some snappy reply to give this stunned and angry pilot below us. But by the time we came up with anything that was even halfway snappy, we were all the way over Africa and well out of his radio range. I don't know if the RIF ever chewed out any other space shuttle crews. And I've always wondered who that angry group captain really was. Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplores.com. This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute. New episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and most everywhere podcasts are found. To be the first to know when the next episode drops, head over to interastra.space.